Cimmerian, yeah? Cimmerian. Cimmerian. Definitely. I swear down if this is wrong. Hither came Conan, the Cimmerian. Black-haired, sullen-eyed, sword in hand. A thief, a reaver, a slayer. With gigantic melancholies and gigantic mirth. To tread the jeweled thrones of the earth under his sandaled feet. All the way to Orbital Comics! Happy New Year and welcome to the latest issue of Orbiting Comics, the reviews podcast from Orbital, London's most colourful comic book store. We're here at the shop at 8 Great Newport Street WC2, just around the corner from Leicester Square Tube Station. And in the store we have graphic novels, back issues, manga, indies and small press, as well as new comics on the shelf every Wednesday. We're also the only comic book store with its own gallery where we host signings, events and exhibitions all year round. I'm Paul, and on this episode, I'm joined by Scott. Hello. You did our wonderful introduction. And we're going to be finding out if it's a coma or just a dream with Man Without Fear number one by Jed McKay and Danilo Esperuth. We're going to be working through our trauma with Heroes in Crisis number four by Tom King and Clay Mann. And as you may have guessed from our intro, we're going to see our enemies driven before us and hear the lamentations of their women in Conan the Barbarian number one by Jason Aaron and Mahmoud Azarar. So, Scott. That was a great intro, by the way. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> well, um, why don't we start with Conan? Good. I'm glad. Yeah, I'm. I'm very excited to start with Conan. It's. Uh... Had you read much Conan before? No, not at all. Like none, zero. Do, um, do you know much about the history of the character? Like I know that he used to be Arnold Schwarzenegger. He did. He was at one time or another Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jason Momoa. And there was a time when he was Jason Momoa, yeah. which like um, less it's... successfully he was Jason Momoa. That means like a lot more to me now that I've seen Aquaman because like Jason Momoa was this, he was this like ship in the night that kind of passed me by because I don't watch Game of Thrones. And so oh. people were going like crazy over him and he's a, you know, I've seen pictures and I've seen some interviews and he looks like a very nice guy, but I didn't know why he was this like, you know, big deal. And I've seen Aquaman now and like I am, I am team Momoa like so hard. I love the guy. I, I've always liked him. I, I saw him in a couple of things. Uh, I mean... By the by, that Sylvester Stallone movie, Bullet in the Head. We were talking about Stallone earlier this evening, weren't we? About, well, yeah, about I can always talk now. about Sylvester Stallone. Um, but trying try to concentrate on, on Conan the Barbarian in the comic. So Conan has a long history, um, especially at Marvel. The novels were written by a guy called Robert E. Howard, who claimed uh, that one night Conan appeared to him while he was at his writing desk and held an axe over his head and recounted... The tales of his life for Robert E. Howard to transcribe. Like a guy arrived books. to his house and was like, "That's what not okay, arrived, yeah, yeah. just appeared in the room." Yeah. Apparently, um, is this like opium times? Is that like I, a thing? I don't know. I believe they were written in the twenties. I, I hope there's a Conan enthusiast out there who can write to us and perhaps tell us uh, where we've gone wrong there. Tell but us I was believe, Robert E. Yeah. Howard taking hallucinogenic drugs at Probably the time. Probably I mean, was. You know, good for him. He, um, he, he, I think he also created several other characters like Cole the Conqueror and uh, Solomon Kane, I believe. I've heard that name. Yeah. Like, I think I've heard that um, name, yeah. They've all had films made about them. Okay, cool. Cole the Conqueror is essentially, as I understand, Conan by another name. Oh, okay then, because I've never um, heard of that dude. Is it Cole like C O L E? No, no, no uh, Cole as in K U. Oh, K- oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, like Cull Obsidian kind of. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, no, that's that. Isn't that C? C- I don't even know what that is. Like... I just know those two words go together. Sometimes. <laughs> 
Stop asking me questions. Welcome to another <laughs> incredibly well-researched episode what is... of All Being Comics. Yeah, I just want to know what the Cull um, Obsidian is now. I just know, like, there's so much stuff that I know, but I don't actually know what it means. But anyway, Conan. No, my only knowledge of Conan was the Arnie film. I yeah. knew there was another movie. Um, but to be honest, I have this thing where, like, anytime there's, like, a, a long-haired, barely-dressed warrior type, I sort of homogenize them all into one. So there's like, like there's been like what, like seven Hercules movies. There was the Rock one that came out recently, and right. there was the Kellen Lutz one. There's the been the Arnold Schwarzenegger Conan. There's been the Jason Momoa Conan. There's He Man and all of that kind of stuff that goes around He Man. <laughs> On top of that, you've got like Kazar in the Savage Land in the Marvel universe. Right. Like, off the top, that's just off the top of my head. Those are four men and Tarzan. Let's go with Tarzan too. Five men. All living in like the wild, all doing like, mm. uh, like fighting not with guns and sophisticated machinery, but just like swords and spears and stuff. Okay. And they all have like one name. They don't even have surnames. I mean, unless man is He Man's surname, that means his first name is He. Well, it's, it's Adam, isn't it? Prince Adam. Is it? Yeah, it becomes He Man. I've only ever seen He Man's his Prince Adam is like his his Clark Kent. He Man is his Superman, basically. But he's already a prince. Yeah. Does that, uh, is not, that not enough yeah, power for him? Fact, he's already like a, a, a good-looking prince. Yeah. Very muscly. Yeah. Long blonde hair. But he decided he wanted more. Yeah. Greedy. Somehow he yeah. becomes sure. even... And, and it's, it's really weird because for all the chatter about how, how the hell does Lois Lane not know that Clark Kent is Superman just because he slicks back his hair and puts on a pair of glasses, the He-Man, Prince Adam thing is either, even more confusing. Yeah. We've got to get off. We've just got to get off this and get. Off I, know, the I just wanted I'm to sorry. make. It, I wanted to make it quite clear. <laughs> I, I, this is not a trip down memory lane. I was so like I was shirt, shirtless barbarians are a confusing <laughs> time for me. That said, that said, Scott, this, you, you've got quite long hair yourself. I do. It's, it's, it's the shirtless barbarian look. You're listen. You're perhaps going to go for at some point. Give me a sword. Halloween. And I'll try. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> We've got a few swords lying around the shop. Conan the Barbarian, number one from Marvel. The title was back at Marvel after a long period of being at other publishers like Dark Horse, very successfully at Dark Horse. Yeah. At one stage being written by people like Brian Wood and uh, Kurt Busiak. So it's had a really good set of writers on, on, on it in various guises at various times, various publishers. Uh, now it's back at Marvel. I don't know what sort of um, shenanigans, I'm sure shenanigans is probably the wrong word have gone on behind the scenes to bring the rights back to Marvel or wherever yeah. or not they just all those legal japes <laughs> yeah or it might just be that, that the, the rights were up at maybe Dark yeah and... I mean Marvel they're not exactly wanting for, for money for, or, yeah. or sort of uh, power to be yeah, able to franchises. say like, give us this yeah uh, another franchise Disney does not need. Um, well, they they also get to kind of say to whoever owns slash runs the Conan stuff, like, see, look at what we did with the Star Wars books. We didn't just get them and kind mm. of pay them some attention. We put our biggest and best creators on them, and yeah. Conan is Conan is in that kind of mold as well because they've put arguably their mm. best writer on Conan. Yeah, uh, I mean, great point. Jason Aaron uh, still hot on Thor. Um, Mahmoud Azharar, who's done some X Men recently, doing Uncanny X Men yeah. now, still at the moment. Um, Jason Aaron. I mean, Jason Aaron is on Avengers. I always tend to look at it like whoever's doing your Avengers book at Marvel is either is someone that you know they they care about enormously. You know, it's someone that they don't just want to be spearheading 
individual books, but they want that person to have uh, input into steering the right. entire the entire line. And so to have Jason, I know I've seen Jason on Twitter. I've seen him uh, speak, you know, a couple times about how much he loves Conan and how much mm. he wanted to write for this book, how much he fought to to be the writer on this book, and that comes through a lot when you read the issue, the the kind of passion and the and the pride in the in the mythos and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but I think yeah, I think it's a big move by Marvel to have put Jason Aaron onto this. They could have easily sort of not fobbed it off, but put you know maybe an up and coming writer onto it and try sure. to try to build it into something, but from from day one right out the gate it's like super strong artist super strong writer and i think that is part of why this in turn is a super strong issue okay um it's one of three conan books that are coming in the uh next few months uh also joining it will be age of conan oh sorry excuse me age of conan billet and then savage sword of conan savage sword of conan is coming back uh, which by Jerry Duggan time. as well yeah, which should God, be very Jerry interesting Duggan, this is going to be a good book but talking about this book but this is like the flagship Conan this book. is the flagship title. yeah this is like the, the sort of big boy leading the, the mini line as it were hmm. um, how did you think uh, what did you think of it as an introduction to Conan fantastic I loved the fact that it goes right back to I mean what we can tell you without being too spoilery is that the book is here to tell you about Conan's death. Yeah, the, um, the, the first story arc is called The Life and Death of Conan. Indeed. And when we first meet Conan, it starts with his birth on the battlefield in Samaria. And then we immediately jump forward to the time when we have Conan the King. Yeah, um, way forward. So yeah, yeah beginning way forward, yeah. to beginning and... Just before end, yeah. Just before end, yeah. And then immediately to somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Uh, and then we we find him uh, in a city called Zamora, the city of thieves, as we're told, in gladiatorial combat. It seems with various other kind of barbarians from different parts of the world, quite successfully as well. You know, it's he is savage. He is a barbarian uh, who drinks way too much uh, and likes the company of beautiful, if a tad immoral, women. Shall mm. we say? <laughs> Basically, living his best life as Conan. Having a great time. Having he a world having of a it. N- barely smiles, but still having a fantastic time. Mm. And I've got a lot of time for that kind of trope. I uh, I, 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 think I said to, to you while I was reading this that there's... I get kind of James Bondy vibes. I'm in a very James Bondy mindset, admittedly, right. at the moment. Yeah, yeah, because you have watched 15 James Bond films over the Christmas period. 15, yeah, maybe when, more. When we say the Christmas period, can we just, just clarify how long that period <laughs> Christmas was? Christmas period, it means the last three days, which is when I get to like... <laughs> it's like it's like my Christmas. Like I look at like Christmas is for family and then New Year's is for friends and then there's this small window of opportunity where... it's just where you. It's all I, you. Yeah, I just get to watch like 13 James Bond movies and then crescendo with Demolition Man. Anyway. Right. Talking of James Bondy vibes, <laughs> I could, you know, I feel like I can give you the hits of this. If I gave you the hits of this comic, but I didn't tell you I was talking about this comic. So I say, I've just, I've just enjoyed some media, Paul. Right. Here's the story beats. <laughs> I've just enjoyed but, some. You, I, I would have to just kind of just slap you once. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's a weird media, way to start a conversation. Media, yeah. I say, I just enjoyed, I just enjoyed that's a story. Full, Paul. That's full hipster. Yeah. Really. yeah that's, true. that's full hipster. So I just consume some media, Paul. Um, yeah. But I, so I just enjoyed a story, Paul. And the story beats are bloody fight, sex, escape, bloody fight, end. Yes. 
that, that sounds that like sounds kind of like, like yeah. a Bond movie. I mean, you know, uh, maybe some of the worst ones in that there's not too much complexity. <laughs> but like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's you know, every James Bond film starts off with like a chase scene. Mm. Uh, this comic starts with action, you know, and then you, you fall. And then at some point in a Bond movie, you get the, the, the girl and you get the, the, the inevitable uh, uh, copulation. And that happens, you know in this you see you see the story beats of like a, a good mm. classic action movie in this mm. and, and and in fact one of the particular story beats which we won't spoil for you here is apparent in the Conan movie the first Conan movie okay um, it is a, a, a story beat now whether or not they've lifted it from the movie or it's a, an old Robert E. Howard beat or it's something that often happened in the books and they've reused here mm. fine uh, I think that long term fans of Conan are going to love this because of that. Because it is, not playing it safe, but it is very much kind of in the tradition, the grand tradition of the Conan Tales we've all seen and read before. As I said, you know, the book has a long history at Marvel. It's been many years since it's been at Marvel, but it's very much, we're back and we're going strong. We're going not necessarily safe because of the way the story is structured is quite interesting especially mm. when you get to the last third because we it takes a, another jump in time again to say where we're going in that jump in time would be a, a massive spoiler true yeah but um, I, I think if you had told me before reading this issue mm. that within this issue there would be over three time jumps and that there would yeah. be uh, uh, <clears throat> parallel narratives and that there would be I, I might not have been as confident uh, uh, the, of the success of the issue mm. because I, I, I don't know. I'm, what I'm looking for in this issue is very much what I got. And I like the fact that you mentioned that there are some things that homage past uh, uh, Conan material, yeah. whether it's the Robert E. Howard or the Arnie. I like that there's that to give that to Conan fans. Mm. But, I, and I, but I also love the fact that I didn't need or to know about that stuff. Like I haven't recognised any of that stuff in it. Yeah, I've, okay. I've just read myself a really good little action romp. Mm. And I love that it can do both of those things. I think that is speaks to the success of Jason Aaron's writing yeah. phenomenally. I love the fact that, that Azura has not gone with any overly kind of showy panelling with it. Mm. It's just really solid storytelling on his part. One would almost say classic storytelling. He's particularly skilled. The, the The artwork on it is detailed as hell. It's beautiful. Oh, the artwork, yeah. The artwork's yeah. fantastic. It's very... Uh, I was... I paused, I mm. think, on page three. Because it was... You know, it's not every day that you see a comic coming out from Marvel with figurehead sort of... With big writers on, on it that is this... No, I wouldn't say gory. I wouldn't actually call the, the artwork gory. But it's... It's a realistic representation of what would happen when someone swings a sword at one's head. Yes, definitely. I'm always in awe of the fact that artists can get this much detailed, beautiful line work down in a relatively compressed... I mean, I, I don't know what his time schedule was of this, but he's been doing Uncanny X-Men as well. Yeah. Like, again, I don't know how far ahead they're working. I assume with Uncanny X being a weekly book... He would have had to be working fairly far well, ahead. Well, he's not on every issue, so he's right. he's working along at the moment. While it is weekly, he's working alongside R. B. Silver and someone else. I think maybe Pepe Larath as well. I'm uh, not 100 percent right, sure excellent. on that, but definitely he and R. B. Silver have been sharing the issues uh, up until now. So he's not having to. He's mm. still working bi-weekly, which is incredibly. Uh, impressive mm. again as you said you don't know how long they've been saving this up but um no the artwork here is very detailed and there's uh more than one page 
of sort of sprawling uh, war scenes, you know, uh, yes. uh, battlefields is the word I'm looking for. Um, and there's no detail spared, which is very nice. I think it works for me very nicely. I don't think he's made sort of a, a distinct stylistic choice in that I don't think it's it's veering off in one direction too hard it kind of gives you everything you've got mm. some good action I think the action is paced wonderfully I it comes across to me how a man of Conan's stature and how a man of Conan's um, build mm. is able to pull off some of the the feats of battle he does uh, within this issue but you know Arnold Schwarzenegger is Arnold Schwarzenegger and I don't think it's any I don't think it'll be a huge surprise that within the comics he's not drawn specifically to be this like 7,000 foot tall Austrian dude no he's big and muscly but he's it's nothing that I would say is fantastical fun fact I've met Arnie and he's not very tall really yeah huh how old was he when you met him uh it was recently so oh, was it was right? in, okay. within the last it was when uh, that sabotage movie came out was he was he governor of California at no, the time? No, this is like post yeah, yeah. all of that kind of stuff. I'd really like to meet Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm not 100 percent sure I would come away from it like super happy. I think like he he was nice. I think he'd be very nice, but I think like if I met Sylvester Stallone, we'd become friends for life. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger, Arnold Schwarzenegger, maybe a coffee. You look at the three dudes who own Planet Hollywood. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Coffee. Arnold Schwarzenegger is like a is like a hard vanilla. Like you know, hey, how are you? Hey. Shake hands. Hey. Stallone, you'd invite around for coffee. Schwarzenegger, you'd go for a coffee with. Yeah. Bruce, you'd throw a coffee over him. Oh, I like that. That's good. I wouldn't uh, that, throw a coffee that. over Bruce, so he'd probably sue me. Yeah. Uh, he looks very litigious. Um, <laughs> but Sylvester Stallone, we're, we're flying to Colombia to pick some coffee ourselves. Oh, we're spending at least a fortnight together. Just coffee, yeah? <laughs> Anything Sly wants. Um, how, just, do, how much? Just the one room, my, please, just, my good man. <laughs> take it. Like for me and my nephew yeah yeah <laughs> I mean I'm, I'm quite wait does that mean that I'm Frank Stallone's son in this I don't want to be Frank Stallone's son I've listened to the soundtrack to Saturday Night Fever wait no not Saturday Night Fever what's the sequel to Saturday Night Fever Staying Alive Staying Alive oh my god nephew is a euphemism for something else oh wow I didn't even think about it that way that's okay that's fine um, so this is taking such how much, a worry in turn and I'm going to pull us back uh, yeah. how much how much, uh, just to sort of sound round off on Conan, how mm. much sway do you think the IP still has? Why do you think I, Marvel have made I, this bigger I deal? I think quite a lot because when I only found out about four months ago, four or five months ago, that it was coming back to Marvel, mm. and you got every other day someone will come in and go, oh yeah, I hear Conan's going back to Marvel, you know. So it obviously made ripples yeah. in the community. There is a lot of excitement over it. Always a steady-selling book, even in single-issue form. I think it's culturally still got quite a hold. I don't know why. I don't know if it's because of the movies, in the, you know, which were like early eighties, eighty-two. I think was the first one. Eighty-four was the second. Yeah. Um, I mean, there are still a lot of people out there who know of Conan by name just because of the Arnie film. Yeah. And and or just because, <laughs> of, oh yeah, the the barbarian dude. You know, much in the same way that you kind of people know about He Man without maybe ever having seen the movie, or but just because they've seen the money supermarket adverts. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but I, I, the, there has been talk about Arnie coming back and playing King Conan. That's, um, that's, that's okay. I mean, in a sort of, I'd mood. wait to see where the supporting cast develops to see, yeah, who would because like I'm not watching a movie where he's the main character. Like I'll watch a King Conan movie where at the beginning of the movie he brings a more young, virile 
dude to you know and gives him his sword and says like go and do the king's work you can be like junior conan or like mm. you know co what's a variation on the name conan conan he could be like conan i, yeah, be like... I, I don't know I, I i like the idea of the remake with momoa i mean i've never read any of the movie? novels I... I haven't seen the momoa movie uh it, or at least i can't remember no it. not really i mean it's not a great movie I, I can't see why it's not good there were some interesting things in it yeah um, it had Rose McGowan in. It was fantastic. Like the end of this, you, you, we were talking earlier about the, the thing that we can't necessarily talk about because it would spoil a bit yes. of the story. Yeah. But that's an in, that moment when he comes across those particular characters is incredibly creepy. Oh, yeah. I found. Oh, yeah. I, I, yeah. I thought we had a lot of atmosphere. And, and when they start talking and, and the, the subject matter they espouse yeah. on and the way they espouse about it was quite unnerving, I found. Yeah. So congrats to... To Jason Aaron there because I'm always uh, uh, happy when a comics writer manages to unnerve me. It doesn't happen that often, but I really like this. I'm on for the twelve. Jason Aaron is on for twelve issues. I'm I'm with him for that twelve. I think Aaron's a fantastic writer. Uh, Azariah's a fantastic artist. Beautiful, beautiful artwork. Do you think it will um, be that it ends after the twelve and they start up again with someone else, or do you I, think they'll just continue and I rotate think writers? They'll either Aaron will stay on. Yeah, because I mean. I don't know if he was only going to originally do Thor well, he for does, a short he, period. He does love a good run. Yeah. So, mm. And he writes them very well. Yeah. Uh, he's and there's still some doing... parallels between Thor and Conan yes. that make Jason Aaron the, mm. probably the best possible writer they had available to them at the time to, to do this, to pull yeah. this off. And it's no, it really is in many ways no great surprise that Jason Aaron pulls this off so well because mm. of how good his Thor run is in that he's obviously very good at handling that type of character, your oldie worldy big strong yeah. dude who's who's wielding something and you know he, he knows somewhat of that you know that vibe at least and uh, i think in this book at least there's a healthy disrespect for the gods in uh, conan points out that that crom would be a particularly unforgiving uh god you know he doesn't really necessarily care for crom he knows that crom would be a bit of a bastard yeah i think there's a lot of room there um and i think with at least for me, with uh, how expansive and how just incredibly world-building Jason Aaron's Thor run has been. And with everything that we now have on the table from Jason Aaron's Thor run leading into War of the Realms. And paired with the Shazam issue one that we've uh, had come out recently, Mm. that's, again, bringing a lot of sort of God stuff. And with Wonder Woman and, and, you know, Ares and all this kind of stuff, there's a lot that's been said and a lot that's been done in terms of comics and a character in comics dealing with gods Mm. within their world. And so I am more interested in terms of this Conan run or in terms of this Conan book uh, going in a direction of, of, I don't know, a little sort of closer to home. Um, closer to home right. um, just a little more you know sort of the bloodthirsty slaying the action the fighting I, the I like the world they've been in in yeah. this issue and I would like to stay there I, I think that's what you're going to get I think that's what you're going to get cool me. thanks Jason uh, <laughs> thanks for looking looks out for me obviously Jason Aaron's still doing Southern Bastards which hasn't had an issue in a while but I know that's that's coming soon uh, they're, they're, uh, they're picking up right where they left off with um, let's move on now Heroes in Crisis number four uh, we don't often do issues that are this far in. Not far, I mean, it's, it's only a few issues, but it's a limited series, so there's only nine uh, in total. But we don't often do books that are uh, this mid-run. far in. Normally, yeah, we, we are mid-run, as you say. But we wanted to do this this week. For me, this has been a good series. I've enjoyed this. Just before I read this issue, I reread the first three. Mm. 
just to give it some context. It's a very um, good idea with this series. Yeah, it's coming out on schedule. It's coming out on time. Um, it wasn't that I'd, you know, I it had been so long since the last issue was out, I'd forgotten what was happening. I just wanted to refresh myself. With all Tom King's stuff, there is a sense of trauma and tragedy running through it. There is a kind of sadness that runs through his books. I would agree considerably, yeah. Um, certainly there in Batman. Definitely there in his wonderful vision run. And it's there in in this book. His characters are all scarred. They're all deeply traumatised characters anyway. I mean, there is that old saying, if you're going to write a ghost story, don't uh, haunt a character that isn't already haunted. Um, I've never heard that saying before. That sounds really good. It's something like that. I mean, I'm paraphrasing. No, no, but yeah, I like that. Badly, sense. as always. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, uh, his... Um, his vision run is sort of bittersweetly morose in that, you know, it aspires to happiness at so many times, whether mm. whether the character or the narrative and falls short continuously. I think that reading the prior three issues to this uh, is a good idea in that I think that there's a good chance that with every issue that comes out, I will feel the need or the urge to f- at least flick through mm. previous parts of the story because the the story is very much uh an exercise in uh rationing store in rationing information at, at its heart it is a mystery yes the question is is it a mystery that based on the level of intrigue right now is even worth finding the answer to i mm, my yeah. I, i'll just sort of come out now in uh, with with sort of my take on this in that i've not particularly been enjoying heroes in crisis okay um i i am still reading it i do want to see what the payoff is and there is every chance given that it is so mysterious and is withholding so much information that once all of that information comes forward and once things start to climax i may well completely reverse my take i may well go back and be able to appreciate the the rationing itself which has happened with me in the past i've i've read or watched things that you know i've i've not been with the entire time i've not been keen on and then as they all come together at the end it sort of makes a hell of a lot more sense for me i was that mm. way with hereditary which came out last year spent the first half of that movie uh, consistently just going you know what the hell is going on i'm don't, so don't lost and confused because... i'm not saying anything i can't give anything away because i'm not 100 percent sure what happened um <laughs> anyway i'm somewhat of a tom king fan i very much enjoyed vision uh i have i I've enjoyed bits and pieces of his other work. With Heroes in Crisis, I find that that tone that you described, the the tone of trauma, I think it's just way too prevalent. I get that given the book's subject matter and what the book is about, the book is about heroes going uh, to a, uh, a, what would you call it, an uh, analogous to like a therapy centre or like a recovery centre, like a rehab. It's it's somewhere in the middle of all those things, but it's a place where these heroes are going to sit in front of a camera and and, and unburden themselves with all of the terrible things that they've been through or that have happened to them and all. I get that. I like the setup, but... As I keep going back to, it's just every issue is just an exercise. I feel like the issue fights against me. I'm reading it to try and understand what's happening. And all the issue is doing is drip feeding me bits and pieces <laughs> and not showing me anything else. And, and because I'm, I'm still not 100% sure exactly who has been killed. I'm still not a hundred percent sure why or how they have been killed. There is so much up in the air that the only piece of information I have to, to keep reading for is just like is a very general like what the hell is going on yeah okay. I'm still at that point four issues into an it's, only nine issue miniseries mm, but it, it several kind of B 
and C-list heroes, I think. And I don't mean that in a kind of... What the hell? Their feelings aren't going to be... They're fictional. Insult characters. Blue Beetle sucks. Yeah. Well, oh no. I mean, I, I love Blue Beetle. I can't stand the guy. I love Especially Blue in this issue. Some of the stuff he says in this issue is borderline rubbish. Uh, but that, that's not Tom King. That's the character of Blue Beetle. I don't like... I like Jaime Reyes. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a Jaime guy. But this isn't... Yeah, this isn't that version no, of Blue Beetle. No, this is Ted Cord with Ted his... Cord, yeah. Just another billionaire. Which is interesting because I thought Ted Cord was dead. But I guess maybe I got that Maybe wrong. he is. Um... But that's the problem with this thing sorry I'm it, so bad no 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 it's central conceit of Heroes of Crisis is there have been several murders at a place called Sanctuary which is something that Superman Batman and Wonder Woman have set up as a therapy centre for yes superheroes who are traumatised by the things they do and the things that are done to them and it's a cool setup of like we yeah. set it up with Superman's technology with uh, Batman's sort of uh, will willpower yeah. and with Diana's sense of like right or yeah. Diana's like compassion, compassion. that was it, it yeah, yeah. Um, I like that I mm. like that the, the Trinity are, are taking responsibility for the world's superheroes given that they always benefit from being the world's most celebrated superheroes in some way or another mm. they always get you know membership on the Justice League and all those French benefits um, so I, I like bits and pieces I, I like a lot of the setup um, I'm not I'm almost like allergic to the Batman that they've given us in this okay. in this issue the gags with Flash and the gags with oh no admittedly he doesn't make the gag with Flash the Flash makes the gag when mm. they both decide so we both know who's done it let's both say the name yeah. at the same time and then they both say a different name I get that that's a little moment of levity a little you know ha happiness or a little humour in between all of the sadness mm -hmm. Don't do it with Batman. Not me. Not this. Oh, I, just, I, 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 mm. I think it's like when he says that when he's mentioning to Diana about mm. like you know spoilers. She she knocks over the penny in the Batcave. Sorry guys. It's just it, when she knocks over the, <laughs> the the penny in the Batcave. And he Which turns I to, loved. I get I, that's fine. Not in this book because this is such a sad book that is like de it brings me into this like sad but, sensitive like oh mystery and seriousness place and I can't pull myself had, out for a one panel joke. We've had three issues of super sad. I, you think this is the comedy issue? No, 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 not that I think it's the comedy issue, but it <laughs> needs a little bit of levity. Also, the, the last issue had a bit of comedy where there's the scene where Soup's said to him, I know you've got kryptonite on you, and he's like, No, I haven't. I've got nothing on me. I'm not I'm not yeah. carrying like I'm here to and then later on Harley turns the tables, gets the lasso of truth, um um <laughs> wraps it around Batman's neck and, and is like how, how do I beat Superman, I be Superman? He, goes, he goes oh I've got kryptonite in my my left pocket and of course the comedy comes from the fact that Batman is always prepared to take any one of these guys down and see that comedy they... that comedy is coming at Batman's expense he is not making the joke yeah, he is the joke but... I'm fine with that I don't want him to be in on and I don't want him to be making the joke. But that's well, a very that's in, a me in... thing. Like it's it's not just this comic. I will say that in any comic that's not explicitly like a comedy Batman comic. Because... I believe that Wonder Woman and Batman have been quite intimate in the past, in DC's past. Therefore, I Probably. took it as a joke between two not lovers because they were never really lovers, but there has been a, a frisson of romance. Who does? 
in Kingdom Come, oh no, they named the baby Bruce. It's, it's Clark yeah. and Dinah who it's have Clark the baby. Clark and Dinah eventually. Is yeah. there somewhere where it's Bruce and Dinah that end up together? I can't remember. There's they definitely shared a kiss. Something like that. I can't like, remember there's... what it was in. There's, there's one thing where they've shared a kiss and Diana says to Bruce, why don't we do that more often? And he says, oh, I don't know. Too predictable. I think it's Bruce and Diana that that happens. I so, like that. Like, I'm... Um, I'm I like uh, the idea of Wonder Woman and, and mm. Clark and Superman being together. I'm pro that because yeah. you know my new Fifty Two likeness has has been well stated before. Um, I like Bruce and and Diana as well. Like yeah, I also you know like Clark and Bruce. Not like you know as a as a. I think all the Trinity work very well yeah. in the pairs in the pairs that they can pair off together in. You know, what and I mean? the humor humor with Batman is usually better played with Batman as the straight guy, and everyone else yeah. as the comedian. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you that. that that's that's very it's true. Part of what um, was so wrong with Zack Snyder's Justice League movie. But coming back to Heroes in Crisis, I think one thing that we we can both fully agree on is that it's been wonderfully drawn. Um, yes. The the artwork and the composition of the mm. artwork is is very nice, and the 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 technique with every character getting that nine panel grid with the file name yeah. at the top and all of that kind of stuff. I like that. I like the structuring of Tom, the series. Tom King loves the nine panel. Grid. Oh man, the guy loves it. Yeah, I um, very Alan Moorey kind of stuff. I have a feeling that. I'm, I, this is going to go either way for me. I'm going to get to issue nine, and mm. by the end of issue nine, I'm either going to turn around and say, oh my God, I can't believe I was so negative about this come issue four. This is really good. I'll reread the whole thing. It'll all come together for me. And if that's the case, cool, Tom, super sorry. Right now, barely sorry. Because, uh, because <laughs> right now, there's there's such a good chance for me that it will also get to the end of issue nine, and I will sit there and say, you've depressed me for nine bloody months. And given okay. me asides with so many characters that I don't care about. Like, I can't even... Knit. What was the guy in the last issue? Blue Jay? The pigeon-looking dude? Yeah. He looks like a pigeon. Blue Jay. And Blue Jay's not even a bird I would want to be a superhero after anyway. I'd rather be Pigeon Man. They're more prevalent in society. Anyway, I just... But I think pests that... in society. Yeah, exactly. considered vermin. Like, it's... Yeah. It's more, more, more sort of... Uh, scary for like a villain be like, well, I'm like a pigeon, pigeon I've got so much disease on me a... well Blue Jay yeah they're all heroes they're yeah, that's true. either way Blue Jay like I don't know I know who he is but who? I just don't can, I don't can, care. I, can, can we take it go on hit me so this might be spoilerific for you guys listening out there so for the next 60 seconds or just 40 earmuffs. seconds you, yeah, yeah just earmuffs unless you're driving then mm. if there's someone in the car with you get them to do earmuffs or pull aside and just like wave down a driver, see if no, they'll help, drive safe. help you out. Yeah, yeah. Drive safe. Pull aside. So, who, who do you think is the murderer? Of the two... Of um, the two that we've been proposed? Yeah. I think... Oh, man, I mean, this is part of why I, I'm... Because I just don't... It's not only that I don't know. It's that I don't know which one would be better. And I don't know which one would be... <laughs> which one would make me care more. Right. So, if, if you had to gun to my head, I'm going to say Booster. Yes, okay. Gun to my head, I'm going to say Booster. I think it's going to turn out to be Booster. I think he's been building up Booster as a tragic character. You can take the earmuffs off now. Okay. Earmuffs, earmuffs, earmuffs off. off. We're good now. Earmuffs off. Um, welcome back. Thank you. <laughs> I, I like... Jason Todd. <laughs> sorry. Jason, oh, no, sorry. That's the, hush, that's the Hush podcast. Sorry. Um... <laughs> Was it? It was. I'm not even sure if it was Jason Todd and Hush. I still need to like. I mean, I. I yeah, re- no yeah, one's sure. No like... one's a handy, no one's a handy pee on that bad boy. Um, but yeah, all in all, of course, I'm going to read issue five. Don't know if I want to, but I will. Hmm. 
But I'm glad you liked it, and I'm glad you're more intrigued than I am, because when we get to issue nine, we'll be able to have a much more full and enriching conversation. Yeah. That hopefully... We, well, let's try and... Hopefully we're not so if depressed If it falls on a, on a pod... Well, if it falls on a pod week or not, let's pod it. Yeah, we'll do let's, issue let's nine. Yeah, it. yeah, let's, just let's to, do issue nine. Just to see me <laughs> just go absolutely crazy. There you go. Something worth sticking with the pod for, folks. Um, <laughs> if you needed something. M- moving um, on to our final new book of the week, Man Without Fear number one. Some confusion for for us poor. <laughs> I was folks super confused. <laughs> we thought this would be the first. We, we still can't tell if it's. I'm a not 100 percent sure. Not, yeah. so I have I take in like a lot of information. <laughs> some of it good, some of it bad, some of it questionable. And a piece of information that has ended up in my brain in the last couple of months was that the new Daredevil book was going to be written by Chip, Chip Zdarsky. Yeah. And maybe like it is once this Man Without Fear book ends, if indeed it will end, I must have just gotten all of my wires crossed because I thought. When I saw this, I was like, oh, cool. The Zadarsky book. He does not write it. Jed Mackay writes it. Good for Jed Mackay. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's, it's uh, with art by Danilo Esperuth. Um, and it's it's not a one-shot. I thought the Man Without Fear thing was like a one-shot that connects old Daredevil to new Daredevil. And it's not this. There will be an issue two of this. So aside from all of the holes in my understanding of, of this Daredevil comic, um, we read this issue. What did you think, Paul? Uh, I actually enjoyed this. I had a lot of fun with this. I like it kind of recalling the uh, Anne Lichenity Daredevil stuff that has him literally in hell. I like the idea of fighting the aspects of his personality. I love this this kind of bottle episode feel where it's just foggy in the hospital room. Yeah. So Matt's been hit by a truck, basically. Dumb luck, considering Parking, yeah. that, yeah. For the, for, for the second time in his life. <laughs> uh, a truck has come along and, and, and with the course of his, his existence. If I was Matt, after I was hit by the first truck, I'd have probably moved to, like, Copenhagen. I don't think he gets hit by the first truck. He, in fact, it, it's a repeat of of the incident that makes him Daredevil, which is a nice circular thing. Oh, it he's, veers and yeah, the bleach pushes, falls off Yeah, of he's it. pushing someone out of the way yeah. of the truck, I believe. Um and that truck, as you say, veers and some of the chemicals fall off and make Super it chemicals, in yeah. yet another Marvel radioactive accident in the 60s. Dun, 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 dun. Um, God, that, there were some people that needed some health and safety in the Marvel U. I'm like super glad that I wasn't alive in the 60s because like, if I didn't have the internet to know that radiation is a bad thing, there's a very good chance I would have bought comics before I started studying science and would have started like being like, oh yeah, sure, let's, let's walk let's to the nuclear power plant with, with my yeah. pet pigeon because I obviously want to become be pigeon, pigeon man. man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, pigeon lad at that age, probably. Not kestrel man, not... No, nah, uh... I'm going to go with pigeons. I, I don't have, you know illusions of grandeur i just want to keep it keep it real <laughs> I, got, I, got into a, I got into a very mild argument with the missus the other night over whether or not the birds we saw in a movie yeah. were flamingos or not because the movie was set in florida but they weren't pink and and my argument was that i don't think all flamingos have to be I, I was just about to say i think it might be a myth that all flamingos are pink i can yeah. see that i can t- i would believe that like but yeah we, we we got into a not an argument about it but a debate that involved google yeah. And still was not resolved. It has not been resolved to this yeah, day. Yeah. Um, there's, got... a, there's a lot of birdage going on today, I think. Yeah, yeah. But let, let, let's get back to this. Um... Uh, so, Man Without Fear, yeah, as you said, uh, Matt has been, he's been hit by a truck. He's yes. uh, on deaths. He's on his deathbed, as it were. And we have this sort of parallel thing running of like Matt in 
something like hell. I'm going to say something like hell yes. because never, I don't think it's ever fully confirmed that it is specifically hell. But he's in something analogous to hell while mm. his good bud Foggy sits in the hospital uh, with him and gives narration that mirrors some of his experience. And it's all it's nicely put together. It is, to be honest, I it has a one shot feel. It has like a, a one shotty feel to, yeah, to it. Okay. And I would say that this story kind of wraps itself up somewhat. You know, it gives us you yeah. go from start to finish and, and you can you feel I felt like the ending is somewhat of an ending, you know, to this to the story presented here, at least. Um, but it's very uh, it's a very sort of uh, out there issue. It's not your typical, you know, it's not your typical superhero issue. And it's definitely not your typical first issue of a run issue because mm. it's almost the end of the previous story or it's it's so mixed in with the end of the previous that um it's it's uh what's the word i'm looking for it's all a bit ethereal i guess like you know um so much of this of this issue i uh, was for me is what i make of it you know i i was reading it and i wasn't really i wasn't really there with the the premise i wasn't really there with the i i didn't care too much to be honest i, I yes matt got run over and yes uh, he's having a hard time health wise of it right now and yes he's struggling with some inner demons kind of thing but daredevil struggling with inner demons is not it's, a new concept yeah, to me i've you know i've just come off the back of daredevil season three um and season two i watched two and three back to back kind mm. of thing so the good news no is... No wonder you're depressed reading Heroes in Crisis. God, I just want people to have some level of good time. That's why I really like the Archie comics. <laughs> I, I think that might just be me now. I'm going to become like, I'm only going to read Happy Com- Anyway, I wasn't, I, I wasn't sold until I realised, until I cottoned on to the embodiment of like pain and fear in this issue. That dynamic of the pain and the fear and pain and fear working in harmony, but also mm. against one another, I, I very much like. So... By the back end of this issue, I was a lot happier than I was at the beginning or the middle. But towards the beginning or the middle, I sat here thinking, oh, yeah, this is why I'm not really a massive Daredevil fan. Because mm. some, there are points when I just think it's just a bit played, this whole, yeah, Daredevil, uh, just always sad. He's always got grief and there's well, always this dip, like super sadness. I'm not avert to sadness. I've read a lot of Batman comics. I love a guy suffering. But didn't... it just feels he's always suffering in the same way. Right. Okay. Didn't Wade... Wade and I was just about to say Wade and Samney was a real breath of fresh air. Yeah. yeah, real breath of fresh air for me. Um, I'm not saying I want Daredevil to be happy. I'm o- I'm okay with characters who are not regularly happy or who go through some like terrible stuff. But with Daredevil, it's like that on top of the Catholic guilt, on top of all of the deaths and stuff, on top of you know like I mean it's just years worth of like beating this guy into the ground. And I've never been super attracted to Daredevil. Um, quite like the Ben Affleck 2003 movie as an aside I just like pissing I like pissing you off by telling you I liked bad movies Um, yeah not bad not bad Um, I love the fact that Electro Nachos' Greek father in that is the the guy who played an Egyptian in The Mummy um and he's probably from the Bronx. Yeah, yeah right. Probably, probably from Malta, to be honest. Like I am, like yeah. As a man who has been mistaken for like Mexican, Greek, Egyptian, all of them under the sun. Like I am, I'm cool with that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, no. I thought it was. I thought it ends much stronger than it began. Yeah. I will read issue two because, in light of that ending, stronger than it began, I think issue two will be something okay. that I'm interested in. I like Foggy. I was. I was after the first couple of pages. I thought if this is going to be like a couple of ish, five issue miniseries where Foggy is the only character we sort of alive or like sentient or awake, I would be down with that because yeah. I really like Foggy. Yeah, I'll, I'll be interested to see what happens with issue two. It's 
if they had killed him off, I, I'd be kind of because you know it'd just be a certain amount of time till they bring him back. Yeah, he's too much of a, a big character now with the TV shows and things for them not to to keep in continuity. I don't mind it when the title characters disappear for some time yeah. from long running books. I think sometimes that could be the shot in the arm that the book needs. I think it's very refreshing, and it's a way to, I think, in many ways, if you can find a way to do it without that character having to comic book die, proves. I always like the fact that when they first, the way they first managed to get Sam Wilson mm. to become Captain America was that you just had Steve get aged to what his age should be. Yeah. That's cool. I like that. That's just something I hadn't seen before. You still get Steve in the comic. He's just super old. Uh, and you still get your Captain America. So I like that kind of dynamic. Yeah, that was cool. Right. Same thing when Bruce Wayne disappeared off into the past because of Darkseid's red beamy beams. That, that... I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. The thing is, uh, I, I, like, I, I didn't have a problem with Bruce being in the past. I don't have a problem with... Dick as Batman. Dick as Batman. In fact, I love Dick as Batman. Oh, I, I love Damien as Robin. I love the, the super cell, serious yeah. Robin and the lighter, kind of more jocular Batman. I would have just liked it if they'd done it for a bit longer. Like, yeah, oh, I, 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 I agree. I yeah, would have yeah. been happy for two or three years worth of I very Dick much as agree, Batman. Yeah. I very and, much agree. And just let that play out. But, you know, the commercial yeah. aspects come into I, play. But then maybe that was that was Morrison's... Uh, I liked when, I liked when you know, the Hulk title jennifer walters was the main character yeah i think that can be refreshing and so interestingly enough though when that book came out in trade when the hulk book yeah you're talking about tamaki's one uh jillian tamaki's uh, yeah yeah um, so when that came out in trade it was retitled she hulk really yes the sons of guns yeah which is I... really annoying because yeah you also had the immortal, uh, not the immortal hulk uh totally awesome hulk with yes Amadeus Cho running around the same time i believe uh, which I don't think lasted that long. Um, no, because now he's and he's not. Yeah, he's now he's in, in, he's champions in champions now. now. He's yeah. called, called Braun. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just um, where where can we put this character now? Yeah, um, uh, but uh, like, but no, I like. Yeah, I, I get I, why I, they've done it because there's a lot of people who will walk into a shop and be like, "I want She-Hulk comics," and they'll look at the S section. So you don't want to put them sure, if you put that okay. Hulk book in the H section. I they how might you file it actually. Do we find She Hulk with Hulk or with with Shulk? It's a good question. Um, it could go either way. I should way. probably figure that out before someone comes in and asks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> good, uh, good thing. Um, but I, I would be on board with this being a foggy book for a while. I don't think that's the way it's going to go. I think very swiftly we'll be get back. We'll get back to some level of status quo. Yeah. Um, it will be interesting what status quo that is in light of Marvel having in light of Daredevil having now been cancelled on Netflix and you would assume some level of the rights going back to Marvel at some stage uh, well they always retain the rights I believe it was just they they were just letting Netflix they're just telling Netflix shows, like yeah. we're not going to let you guys have this anymore mm. stop this we're going to go do something uh, yeah. whichever way anyway um, but no I thought it was okay I wasn't bowled over by it I think the artwork is very nice um, nice I will, oh delicious gubby yeah very mm. good um, reminiscent of the oh do you think that's a little this is very reminiscent of the Netflix opening sequence where they've got the cowl <laughs> the yes. cowl that's dripping in red yeah. red liquid and this cover is a cowl dripping in red liquid yeah. maybe this is like a the man without fear is like haha Netflix is over <laughs> we can do dripping the, cowl the man, the man without Netflix show yeah the man without a Netflix show <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I, I, yeah I like this cool. I, I'm on for, for the next few issues for some reason I don't know where I've got it into my head or why I've got it into my head I've got a feeling this is only a limited series but I I might be wrong 
Oh, I think like I would bet good money that it's a limited series by virtue of the fact that it's not called Daredevil and you yeah. will ostensibly have to have a Daredevil. But even that would be an interesting pitch to go, yeah. okay, I'm going to abandon everything, including the name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And reconfigure and recontextualize the character for you. They did that with Superior Spider-Man mm. um, in which, you know, Pete just goes away and now your Spidey book is Superior Spider-Man. Yeah. They did it a little bit with Superior Iron Man as well, but... I hear that's wonderful, but uh, I haven't taken a look at it yet because I understand you've got to go through Slot's entire Spidey run first to kind get of, to yeah. that. Um, Liz is very adamant about, you know, it, no, you've got to go through... It does help to get all of that back yeah. matter. Slot is that kind of writer that drops stuff in regularly and slowly. And yeah. da, 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 da. So um, uh, I'm going to yeah. wait. But no, good, good, uh, decent Daredevil book. Nothing uh, nothing crazy from me, but cool. one to check out. Yeah, definitely one to check out. Um, all those three books, uh, those three books, sorry, are available now at Orbital. They're on the shelf. They were new on the shelf this week. Moving on to some of the books that came out in the week we were down weeks we were down really because it's been a couple of weeks since we did the last pod yeah we had that whole like crazy christmas schedule yeah of comics it was coming really out. busy over christmas there were a lot of comics out we're not going to recount everything that, that, that came out over the last couple of weeks but we do have stuff on the shelves come into the store we're here seven days a week we're always happy to give you recommendations um we'll be talking about some of our christmas reads in a bit i just want to give a quick shout out to you catwoman which has just finished its first arc. Uh, this is six. yes, number six. Yeah, thank you. Um, this is uh, story and art by Joel Jones with Laura Allred on colours. I was lucky enough to meet Mike Allred last, just before last free comic book day. Oh man, I'm so jealous. He I came love... in and he he just swung by. He was actually doing a signing at another store, and he just swung by because he'd been here way back when for an event. And he was just like, I really enjoyed being here, and I just wanted to come and say hi to you guys. And yeah, he was such a sweet guy. That I, makes I didn't so get much to sense. Laura, unfortunately, I love her work on this. I love Joel's work on this. It's beautiful line art. The precision of it, it's just absolutely gorgeous. Um, I love so a just. Good, I yeah. love a story where you, uh, uh, you get the same person writing and drawing it doesn't happen yeah. that often uh, especially not on major on on major superheroes two, yeah. yeah it really doesn't happen that much on uh for the big two uh, but when it does you get a book as beautiful as this mm. and i love some of the writers that are coming up on on some of these bigger characters now you know we've got kelly sue on aquaman mm-hmm. joel jones on this i hope she's on this for the next run as well as do i yeah. or if it's not her that it's whoever's coming in is just perhaps coming in for a, a short period and then she's coming back on because I imagine it is massively intensive yeah. both scripting and and maybe um, if she stays on the scripting but someone else comes onto the art something like that yeah. but I would love to see Joel Jones stay on it because it's yeah. been, been a strong run thus far it, it's been really good so I, I've really enjoyed this thank you DC and Joel and Laura you, you've done a beautiful job look for this in trade if you can't get the first few issues um which sort of moves us on to uh to a book i wanted to to mention which Please. is marvel knights issue four um marvel knights has been sort of uh moving forwards uh we've had a rotating roster of writers the the story of every issue and the story of the <clears throat> entire art is being planned out by donny cates but each individual 
issue has been written by a different person. So you had issue one was Donny Cates, issue two, uh, Matt Rosenberg, issue three was Tinny Howard. And we arrive at issue four, which is Vita Ayala, who had the uh, wonderful occurrence of in this week, not just having Marvel Knights 4 come out, but also Livewire issue one at Valiant. Which has been really popular. Very popular and rightly, rightfully so. Mm. Um, it was a very enjoyable issue that was drawn wonderfully. Uh, and it's a very, Livewire is a, a fan favorite character in the Valiant universe. She's had so much, she's been an integral part of not just the Valiant universe, but the big storylines they've had recently that have moved things forward. And Valiant, the Valiant universe is in a weird place at the moment. It, you know, suffered quite considerably with the DMG buyout and what that in turn meant for a lot of the writers and a lot of the people who were spearheading a lot of the narratives within the comics. And so there's been a bit of a dark period and Harbinger Wars 2 wasn't incredibly well received, but Livewire 1, which is this first issue, uh, ongoing solo comic book for a character that means a lot, was very, very good. And so that paired with Marvel Knights 4, which is beautifully drawn. I haven't enjoyed the art in an issue in a comic this much in a long, long time. Joshua Kassara does a fantastic work. I love how pulpy and and yes. gritty and, and sort of almost, you know, very touchable and, and uh, sensory and old it felt. I, I loved it. I very much enjoyed the issue. It's the best issue that they've had thus far. Explains things uh, quite nicely. Definitely uh, one to pick up and a high point for the series thus far. Mm. This has been a great series. Um, I'm on for the entire series. I think think it's only six issues is it not i think it's six i've been wondering how long it's going to go for myself um i think it Number might five hit the shelf this week five hit the shelf and i've read five and five is definitely not the end so um yeah maybe six yeah six would be good where five leaves it six is a six is a logical point i believe liz and i talked about this back in orbiting comics number six or seven uh we'd reviewed the first issue yeah which we both really enjoyed and really intrigued by so keen to see where this goes yeah uh it's also it's it's serving really nicely as a good showcase of talent with Mm. lots of different artists lots of different writers and i didn't under i didn't know that marvel knights that this run would be that and i'm so happy that it is yeah i mean i like i like the marvel lights line when it was around originally and um I'm, i'm glad to see it sort of back in in this form even this kind of reduced form yeah that's good for me as well because when marvel knights was coming out i wasn't able to to read any of it i was like 10 years old nine years old something like that so this has been a good motivating factor for me to go back and and read some of the marvel Knights stuff i haven't been able to get in the last couple years and from my point of view it's been great because they've released or reissued a lot of the out of print trades trades which means you finally got the david mcdaredevil stuff you finally got the Kevin Smith Daredevil stuff that, yes. that actually brought me back to comics at that stage. There you go. As it did a lot a lot of people at yeah. the time. Yeah. Um, and you're getting some great Punisher stuff. The Black Widow series by Devin Grayson, which I, I wasn't even aware of at the time. Uh, I'm, I'm keen to grab that at some stage because I love Devin's work. There's some great books there. Really good, line. yeah. And sort of rounding off some of the comics that came out over Christmas and especially in that sort of uh, weird week in between Christmas and New Year's um, was, lo and behold, Extermination Part 5 of 5. I don't know whether this issue was either delayed intentionally or unintentionally or whether it's just um, a very peculiar publishing setup that they've got going on, but this issue had way less of an impact than it should have done given that 
uncanny this issue uh chronologically falls way before uncanny x-men is supposed to have begun and yet came out after four three to four issues of uncanny maybe even more had already been out let alone the fact that the ending the the final page of this comic and and ostensibly the final page of the entire event was spoiled by a promo image in uncanny x-men 2 let alone spoiled by by a press <laughs> a press release that Marvel Comics let out weeks oh. ago, and so they they have stabbed themselves in the foot with Extermination Five. It's their fault that Extermination Five doesn't have as much of an impact as it does. It's a well, it was a perfectly good event. We, we say this not knowing what went on behind the scenes, though, right? True. I mean, yeah, of course, and so. and it's no one. I I I, I doubt in any way that it was any fault on any of the creators involved or anything like that. I think it is just some sort of weird publishing schedule. And I think that with what they are trying to do with the X-Men line, this is not the only casualty in that you had uh, Uncanny X-Men and this whole big X-Men disassembled and very much line-wide changes going on while you still had Astonishing X-Men trying to wrap up with Matt Rosenberg. You had Weapon X trying to wrap up. They've had to wrap up X-Men Red, which was one of the most well-received comics they put out in 2018. And maybe they want to do all this stuff. Maybe they're forced to do some of this stuff maybe it's a mixture of both either way i understand that they are being involved in a very sort of meticulous publishing schedule shift at the moment with the x line i'm willing to cut them some slack it was a good event it's very nicely drawn uh it does do everything i ever wanted with the x-men line uh which was just send the five back god's sake and they are now back and i can uh, resume smiling uh, in society once more um so ultimately extermination five or five uh really probably the best comic that came out in 2018 for me <laughs> comic of the year um as long as it's not this year yeah that's fine i mean they could just re-release like a second printing of this year and it would still be comic of 2019 that's how much i hated the original five being in the present okay uh so this is issue 10 of all being comics or issue four of scott complains about the x-men again <laughs> so moving on now yeah, for issue 40 um <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Every on, week, yeah. Scott. Every week, it's your it's your Batman. What <laughs> um, <coughs> Batman is to me, X Men is to you. Moving on, we're just going to cover a couple of uh, trade releases from the last couple of weeks. Edge of Spider Genom. This is the sort of entree trade into the Spider Genom event that is, we believe, still running at yeah. the moment. This gives you uh, Edge of Spider Genom one to four and the Superior Octopus, which is sold out. Everyone wanted that. It, it, it went like crazy. Uh, sold out, I, I think, first day. I don't know why. I mean, like, I'm very glad it did. <laughs> but I, I, I don't know. What, not... is, it, is it like a special thing? Or is it just that there's a lot of completionists out there? People or... loved uh, Superior Spider-Man, as we talked about earlier. Yeah. Uh, and as they wanted I. to see yeah. that again. They wanted okay. to see... Okay, I mean, I, yeah, I, I would have, like... Rock. I read it. I, you know, I enjoyed it, but I, I don't know. Um, it was, it was a little disheartening in that that it doesn't exist. Doc, I don't want to spoil anything for anyone. But please don't, because I uh, I like, but, um, we, we, we... Spider Geddon has. Uh, it's been very interesting. I would say. I think Spider Geddon more than Spider Verse, and I, I think the reason why Spider Geddon is happening is to, in some ways, support into the Spider Verse because they are both sort of. Uh, Spider Geddon involves a lot of, you know, uh, multiversal Spider-Men in the same way into the Spider-Verse does. So I get why it's existing right now. It's not a bad story, actually. It's it's much better than I'd assumed it was going to be. It's definitely no Spider-Verse. Spider-Verse was a much better story. But um, it's not bad at all. A lot of the side stuff has been good. So in many ways, Edge of Spider-Geddon is... Uh, for me, a bit more entertaining than than Spider Geddon because I love stuff like Spider Force uh, and 
Spider Girls, I think it's called. Um, yes. Yeah, Spider Girls and Spider Force have both been very good, especially Spider Force. Chris Priest, check that out. Yeah, you can pick that up at Orbital now. You can indeed, yeah. <laughs> I you wasn't expecting indeed. such a, Sorry, a, a spew there from you, Scott, of, about that lot particular of spider, book. A lot of spider thoughts. Um, um, okay. I want to talk about uh, Animal Man by Grant Morrison. The 30th anniversary deluxe edition, uh, volume one, has recently hit the shelves. This is a wonderful hardcover um, reprinting the uh, issues 1 to 13 of the original Grant Morrison Vertigo Animal Man run. Oh, not Vertigo, sorry. It was just DC at the time. At the time, yeah. It later moved to a Vertigo book, I believe. So Animal Man 1 to 13 and also the Secret Origins story from issue 39 of Secret Origins, which is one of the most wonderfully meta origin books you'll ever read i almost don't want to don't want to say anything about it so that no, for anyone who hasn't like, enjoyed it go and enjoy it now and you'll you'll know why it's this sort of it's this it was it was a moment in comics i, I was glad to get this because i mean I, I picked it up day one because the first few volumes of animal man have been out of print for quite a while uh by first few volumes i mean the sort of collected soft cover omnibuy containing sort of 15 or, or odd issues each They've been out of print for a while. We haven't been able to get them. We finally got them back in in this form. So this is volume one of that. Volume two hopefully will be coming later on in 2019. This is the Grant Morrison book of the 80s. Remember, he was kind of doing Doom Patrol at roughly the same time, I think. I can't remember what the time scale is. Those I'm currently rereading because uh, we're due to do a wonderful uh, Doom Patrol uh, piece for The Full Geek, one of our other podcasts. I lack the superlatives to say how much I love this book. It's wonderful. I would recommend anyone who is perhaps a little worn down by superheroes and superhero comics to pick this up. Mm-hmm. And I think this will rejuvenate your love for them because it is an adult, interesting, complex, intelligent comic. I think it, about I think, a yeah. bit of Z-list, really a Z-list superhero who'd kind of been phased out with Crisis. I believe. Here he's reinvented as an animal lover, an animal rights activist, a vegetarian, and it, it does wonders for the book because once you start to take that approach and let that work into the character motivations, you're dealing with a much more interesting and complex book. <clears throat> Have they ever addressed the fact that Animal Man is just like a poor man's beast boy? Well, he isn't really because... Uh, Beast Boy becomes the animal. Yeah. Animal Man. Which is great. And it, yeah, I, I'm sure it is. I, I'm, I'll take your word for that. <laughs> animal Man transfers their... Um, appetite. Uh, <laughs> appetite, yeah. Oh, I'm hungry as a yeah, horse. Yeah, oh, wow. <laughs> uh, really could do with some plankton. Are yeah. you channeling whale again? Um, no, I get um, it. He, he, embody- can, he gets he embodies their, their powers. Yeah, yeah their, their ability. Same as Vixen. Mm. Same as Vixen, right? Like right, okay. Is that what Vixen does? I think that's what Vixen does, Vixen yeah. pops up in this, funny <laughs> enough. Um, As she should, because they yeah. have the same powers. Um, <clears throat> I always just thought, like, uh, don't get me wrong. Fantastic run, really great. Definitely check it out. Really great. Really sort of um, full-bodied comic stuff. You yeah. Know, that that in, in, in the way that Grant Morrison does. You know, anyone who's read anything by Grant Morrison knows that it, it is a cut above in terms of sophistication or in terms of uh, complexity. But yeah, I'd, I'd be super pissed if I was Animal Man and there was another guy with like Beast Boy just running around because, you know, he can turn into an elephant. I'm just out here like heavy as an elephant. But, but that's not, not what elephant. you can 
do. It's it's you know, there's a wonderful a... bit after the first. There, there was a storyline called Invasion where the alien invaders they they all invade Earth. These these aliens all grouped together invade Earth. They drop this thing called the Meta Bomb, yeah, or the Gene Bomb, or yeah. something like that. And it, it named after strips, Gene Hackman. No, Scott. It's a bomb. After genetic. Oh, uh, oh, not Gene Hackman. That would be pretty cool. <laughs> Gene Wilder, maybe. It's like a bomb, and it's just Gene Wilder and Gene Hackman in a in a metal. You just ball. walk around singing yeah. "Pure Imagination." It's... <laughs> Pay attention. Sorry. They uh, they drop this gene bomb, and it screws up Animal Man's powers. So there's one bit where he t- tries to take the attributes of his dog. And instead gets the fleas on the dog, and Ugh. like it's it's like it's really weird. But there's some great stuff. Oh, in it. has it's he great got the powers of a flea? He could like jump over. Yeah, a that's what pitch. he does. But he doesn't want to jump over. Ju- like pitch. he's trying to get, like he's trying to get his powers working again. There's some fantastic stuff in this. It is as as with a lot of Grant yeah. Morrison stuff. It's tinged with tragedy. Oh um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, there's some really quite horrible moments in it. But it's tragic that he doesn't have Beast Boy's powers. No. Um, so Let moving the Beast on. Boy <laughs> Talking about other green things, um, recently released is the deluxe edition of Superman Kryptonite, which appeared in the comic Superman Confidential, issues 1 to 5 and 11. This is written by Darwin Cook, with art by Tim Sale. If there was ever a dream team of of men to complement each other's styles, it was these two. This was a great story. Well worth taking a look at. That's just come out in a deluxe edition. But don't let the deluxe tag fool you. It's really reasonably priced. Um, also, Dark Days Metal, which is the first phase in the Dark, Dark Nights, Nights Metal. metal. Yeah. There's a lot um, of words in the title <clears throat> yes, of all of this it, it's event. Very, yeah. It gets very confusing for us when is, we have to yeah, write the is, trades down. This is Dark Days Road to Metal. Yeah. So this is like the uh, pr- almost a prequel in, yeah. in terms of the actual event book. So it contains the two prequel one-offs dark days the forge and dark days the casting uh it also features some things that contribute to the storyline so final crisis six and seven yeah batman the return of bruce Wayne number one batman 38 to 39 from i the believe new 52, new 52 run and nightwing number 17 from the new 52 run pick this up straight away because i didn't read metal yeah in its original form uh, it was just selling too fast for me to get my mitts on copies to be honest so I'm hoping to go back and, and read this all in one go. There are some great suggested reading orders online. It is a metal is one that benefits from a reading order as yeah. well because to fully appreciate and I think part of why uh, this road to metal trade is so good is because it includes mainly that final crisis part. Like uh, that's what I found so enjoyable about metal is that it's it's in many ways somewhat of a love song to the DC history that has been created in the last 15 years. Right. Which has just been maligned and and talked about negatively by so many Mm. people for so long that it's nice to see a bit of praise or a bit of love shown to it and that the fact that scott snyder has been weaving this story in not from final crisis because that's that's morrison's but throughout his new 52 run i read the entirety of of snyder's new 52 run enjoyed very large parts of it and i didn't cotton on to some of the things he was doing and when they started dark knight's metal i hadn't fully cottoned on to some of the seeds that were laid and so dark knight's metal is a very good story on the surface just for bat bat fans in the sense of you like batman here's seven more um like that makes of course that's why it flew off the shelves and of course that's why it did well and it was good in that kind of popcorn movie way but it's also i think a lot more intricately laid out than people give it credit and 
the road to metal will show people that so i think you'll enjoy this trade almost just as much as you will the event mini series the event series because this uh, you know lays the groundwork a lot in it and it adds complexity which is a good thing i'm and looking forward to actually finally getting to read it good. um i really wish i'd read it at the time i'm looking forward to going through this now hopefully they're going to bring out the trades the soft cover trades in the same schedule that they did the hard covers on where you practically got one a week or one every yeah, other week yeah they all week. came out very close yeah, to each other, so yeah um and to be able to get the entire series for a reasonable price is great so that's available now at the shop. We're just going to do a very quick rundown now of the things we looked at over Christmas. Yeah, I mean, I mostly just looked at myself in the mirror and wondered what has gone wrong. <laughs> but in terms of, in terms why, of, buying... why have I eaten so much? <laughs> just you know, <laughs> how did I end up here? Why um, am I having chocolate for breakfast? Yeah. That's yeah. what occurred to me every day, Scott. Like, Mostly <laughs> dinner as well. That was the worrying thing. It was the it was the it was the chocolate dinners that confused me, and the dinner and the lunch. was and the dinner was at two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. So, um, but no, uh, over Christmas, I I you know I watched as much as I could. I read you as much as, as I could. Watched as much James Bond I, as you could. I watched as much James Bond as I could. Um, watched a bunch of stuff, but. In terms of my reading, I was very lucky because I um, I had the great joy, uh, which I find one of the, you know, there's many joys to working at Orbital Comics, as I'm sure you can imagine. Um, but one of the best things is getting recommendations from customers, is having, you know, people come in and, and buy books, bring them up to the front uh, uh, till. And, you know, I, I make a habit of asking people if they're enjoying things, if they like things, and if it's, especially if it's something I know nothing about. And for me... Ice Cream Man, out on image, uh, by W. Maxwell Prince, Martin Morazzo, Chris O'Halloran, was um, was something that a reader brought up to the front. I asked about it, you know, never seen it before, it's on image. And I was sold on it in, in the space of a couple sentences. It was sold to me as, these are a set of, of interlinking one-shots that are all very creepy, uh, people die in very weird and interesting ways. And the running <laughs> theme through them all is that each chapter is named after a different type of ice cream. And there is this <laughs> creepy-as-hell ice cream man that's involved in what? some way. In, like uh, Neapolitan? Like, um, like the first one is like Raspberry Ripple, for example. Right, okay. Yeah. So the first chapter is Raspberry Ripple, which I'm not averse to a Raspberry Ripple. I do like the taste. I of like raspberry, a Raspberry. Yeah. It's one of my favourites. Raspberry. I like the. I like the taste of raspberry, but I don't actually like raspberries. It's the opposite of banana because really? I like bananas. But if you give me something that's banana flavored, I will throw it. I mean, I won't literally throw it back at you, but in my head, it's quite rude. Yes. That's a, quite very rude. Yeah, <laughs> banana based etiquette. But ice cream man, very good. Really like. Um, Liz wouldn't put up with that I banana so. based etiquette. Not at all. Um, she'd go. She'd go she, banana listic. She's gonna have a ballistic. Oh, wow, I am going to graze over that pun. Uh, so, so, oh wow. Um, it was the fact that I had to tell you what what yeah, word yeah. I was kind of aiming Literally, for afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Anyway. <laughs> Ruined it. Um, Ice Cream Man is... I don't even know where I'm going here. Uh, no, Ice Cream Man is good. Uh, I sell it as, if you like Nailbiter, um, which is out on image as well, the Joshua Williamson book, then I think this is for you. If you like stuff like American Horror Story, this is for you. I think it's... Anyone who's ever been sort of into like anthology horror stuff, VHS, ABCs of Death, that kind of stuff, I think this will be for you. I, I loved it. I, I picked up volume one. I picked up volume two. We have volumes one and two on the shelves in the store. Couldn't... That's how you picked them up, in fact. That is how I picked them up. Just and then we had, to, there, we, had to, we had to restock them based off of my uh, unstocking them. But uh, I... Unstocking? I can't... That's that's what happens. With, yeah. Purchase, yeah. <gasps> Hello. I wonder if you could help me. I'd like to unstock a book. I'd like to Twist. unstock Ice Cream Man from you, please. <laughs> Don't teach me about verbs. I, I, um, 
but yeah, uh, come in, pick it up. Uh, I think you'll be ple- very pleasantly surprised. Um, so I, I also read um, Paul Jenkins' replica on Aftershock over the Christmas period. Uh, only hit six issues. I wish there had been more. Um, if you fancy just sort of reading, like almost like a, a, a more sci-fi take on the Multiple Man idea, uh, this was very good. And Ooh, in six... you've intrigued me now because you've said the magic words, Multiple Man. Ah oh, man, I can't. I mean. It's well documented my love of multiple man and i was i was a bit trepidatious when i saw this book was uh using that same concept of a of a guy with you know it's um uh is it multiplicity with michael keaton yes one of my favorite films um and like this is like <laughs> hold on genuinely when you say fact like you mean what like in if life it's, if it's yeah yeah in like my life yeah <laughs> i will if it's on no no i get it you're like stop. you know you can yeah, yeah. you can do what you want yeah i love your it life. i love multiplicity i have to start questioning some of your that's choices fine now. that's no problem but there's few there's few white michael keaton movies that i dislike in fact um but multiplicity is one of the best um, okay by, by the way I, can i just mention if you liked ice cream man you might also like a book from image called plastic that came out I yeah. last year. It was very good. Um, oh, yeah, I didn't think about that, but that similar. would make total sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, but I read that. I read Replica. I yeah. read a bunch of other stuff. I went and reread um, some X Men stuff, and I, I read. But Ice Cream Man was the was the peak of the hill for me. So I, that's my biggest recommendation. I saw your tweet about the amount of X Men that you brought during the sale, Scott. Oh my god! Oh. I bought forty eight issues of Generation X, <laughs> um, like, which means, ladies and gents. Somewhere at home, one of you can't have those 48 issues because he's bloody brought them. No, they're all mine. Never being sold. I read them all. I'm going to read them all. Um, Chris Bacalo draws that entire series. What, you know, what more could you want? Early Bacalo. Um, but yeah, so what did you read over, over Christmas? Um, I took a look. I mean, I, I read a, a few things, but two that I just want to mention quickly now. Batman White Knight by Sean Murphy does the... Writing NR on this book. Oh, yes. And um, Matt Hollingsworth on Colours. I've been intrigued to read this for a while. I read the first few because we, we did a um, an event with Sean. Yeah. Uh, as the first issue hit the shelves, he came in and did a, a signing, one of our, one of our best attended signings did ever. a great interview as well. Yes. Oh, well, which I, I was lucky enough to, to host. You can find the video of that interview on our YouTube channel now. Uh, just go onto YouTube and search all book comics. You'll find it there. Very effusive and very kind of honest about what he was doing with it and what he had planned. It's a terrific book. If you read it, you can really see his what seems to be his influences, which are things like Batman the Animal. Although it's quite a dark tale, Batman the Animated Series and uh, the 1989 Batman movie. He's obviously a gearhead. You see that in like all the vehicle designs, some wonderful stuff going on. He also hits the high points of. Batmobile design by featuring the Tumblr and the the eighty nine Batmobile. There's a lot of not homage work, but a lot of sort of referential stuff. Yeah. I think Sean Gordon Murphy uh, is White Knight is in many ways sort of uh, his love letter to all the stuff that he has obviously loved yeah. about Batman. Um, it picks and chooses from the bits and pieces that he likes, and I think what benefits him so much is that this can be its own world. It can be its own Batman story. It's on DC's Black Label. Um, yes, it's been phenomenally well received. It's it, so popular in the store. It was strange because when it first came out, everyone was kind of unsure of whether or not it was Elseworlds or is it this or is it that. I'm not even sure kind of Murphy had an answer for it, really. But it's since been kind of retconned into the Black Label yeah. series, which I hope is something that's going to continue. I've enjoyed Batman Damned so far, and I hope that that label is going to 
going to continue to to output some great books. Also, I want to mention Destroyer by Robert Kirkman and Corey Walker. Um, this is Robert Kirkman on Marvel. I didn't know he'd done this until it came into the store. I took a look at it just out of curiosity, really. Read a few pages, and it was blackly hysterical. I absolutely loved it. So I, I grabbed a copy, took it home, and I finally got to sit and read it over Christmas. Wonderful, wonderful book. Very bloody, very violent, very uh, dark. And it's Corey Walker who did some of his uh, Invincible stuff yeah. for him as well. Um, the so, art's great. Yeah. It, the, artwork, I, the artwork does look wonderful. I had no idea that this uh, mm. was in existence. Uh, mm. The only Kirkman at Marvel I've read was Marvel Zombies, um, the first Marvel Zombies story, right. which was which was okay. Uh, I'm a big Invincible fan. I don't know whether I would say I was a big Kirkman fan, but we were talking how this uh, about how this is mildly reminiscent of what they did with the Sentry in terms of trying to bring an obscure, not used character back well, from the uh, middle well, of nowhere. Uh, obviously, the Sentry. Uh, do you know the big? twist about the century uh how do you mean well oh, oh, so, go on then yeah. so the the century is not a real character um he oh, was, the, he was not a Sil- ma- silver ma- age ma- or oh, golden yeah, age I character was... it was in fact a big kind of co- oh it's a huge con. record yeah. yeah see i i knew it, that it, and yeah, I'd forgotten it. it yeah, was yeah, a new yeah, character yeah, yeah. that they created and they made out that it was an original Stan Lee piece that had just never been, never seen the light of day. And it's, um, and it's that's, that's sorry that's, to spoil that for no. anyone who's, but it was one of the most fantastic. And it's, it was something you could have only accomplished pre-internet, really. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it showed that goes to show you actually because I probably found I probably started reading the century just as the internet was kind of coming. Yeah, coming up, you know, sort of two thousand, I don't know, two thousand four, two thousand five, something like that. Um, some of us remember it from but yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, that might have been the first time your parents leave yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. but um, oh, what a golden time um <laughs> but uh but yeah no even what they're doing with sleepwalker now as well um with yeah. bringing back sleepwalker and stuff like that so the marvel has as somewhat of a tradition of doing this and that book looks it looks interesting the artwork look, looks interesting the, the setup looks interesting mm-hmm. um so yeah, I might flick through that actually because uh, I'm Kirkman and Walker. That could do something yeah. for me right there. It's fantastically funny. Uh, it's almost the anti kind of Alan Moore thing, thing of taking a, a Silver Age character and reinventing them yeah. <laughs> in a kind of profound and meaningful way because it isn't profound and meaningful, but it's still fantastic. Um, we've got that on the shelf now, Destroyer from Kirkman and Walker and uh, published by Marvel. So you can come in and pick that up anytime you like. Uh, we're here seven days a week in the shop to give recommendations. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm here on the days I work. I don't stay here for the entirety of the seven no, days. No, neither do I. I, I so, don't want to, yeah. Well, what not... I mean is that the staff are here. Does this need explaining? No, no. When you say like we're here seven days a week, it sounds like You'll we get here, one of you know? us. Okay, that's fine, yeah. You'll get me and Liz or you'll get I'm around. Scott. Yeah, I'm around like... <laughs> Like an like an like a wonton drug dealer, just how I'm about. Um, <laughs> like a wonton. Anyway, um, but yeah, wonton I'm... or wonton? Wonton as in oh like yeah, soup. I always meant like, won- like wonton, wonton, Won- wonton, not wonton. Is a wonton food? What? Yeah, one. That's like wontons. They're like a wonton. Chinese and thing. then how do you say the other word? Wonton. 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 Like quantum. I'm not attacking your. Like, no, no, no. As we, as we no, know, I do, I do this so. Point, I do this so often. I cannot I, pronounce anything. I say words how I want to say them sometimes. Um, <laughs> right, you know. How I imagine they should be. I'll be honest with you. Wonton doesn't sound as good as wanton. Anyway, so but, um, just look. You've just confused me. Super sorry. Just wanted to make it clear. Imagine how confused the audience feels right, now. I'll, I'll peel it back. I do not live here. 
but we both work here and you can come in for recommendations. <laughs> How good was and that? If, <laughs> if, if neither Scott, myself or Liz are here to, to give you recommendations, one of our other... Um, staff members. <laughs> well-read staff members yeah. will be here too. Everyone here is super well-read and can make some tremendous recommendations. Yes. Um, yes. So come in, ask questions. We welcome that. Uh, wonderfully not personal ones about comics please um it we're not gonna help you out with your life yeah i mean well it depends you catch me at a good mood i'll help you with some taxes um okay. <laughs> taxes no you know the funny thing is i know jack all about taxes i've no yeah, idea okay that. great yeah. yeah that's that's handy because i could just see the queue of people out there it's true next yeah. week when this pod goes out hammering down the door i mean with their P45s <laughs> wondering where it's, it's all true, gone yeah, wrong. Yeah, it's true. I mean, you can come to me. I won't help you. Um, uh, but you come, and, come You're and not talk. an accountant. For God's sake, where, what has happened? Sorry, where yeah. are we going? I know, I'm sorry. What? Hold uh, on, oh, no, I'll, I'll peel it back. I'll peel it back. We wandered oh, into. I'll peel it back. Uh, I'm not an accountant. Please ask me for comic recommendations. See? Wrapped it up. My God, man. It's been a great podcast. Uh, so before we move on to uh, a letter from our friend, Mr. Mark Van who's very kindly written into us again this week, just want to mention a couple of events both coming up and currently running in the store. First up, we have Eric Henderson, Then and Now. This exhibition is a um, wonderful collection of Erica's past and present work, including stuff for a new book, Assassination Nation, which will be out soon from uh, Image, I believe. There's some great Squirrel Girl stuff. We know there are many, many fans of Squirrel Girl out there, but uh, that exhibition is running currently and uh, should be going until roughly the end of January. And then we've got, uh, on the 19th of January, Doctor Who fanzine signing event. This is for the uh, fanzine fan fiction magazine. And Andrew Cartmel, who is one of the writers on, or was one of the writers on the 7th Doctor Who um, television show, and in fact I believe he was the showrunner effectively, mm-hmm. will be popping in for that. Uh, so you can come and get this, this wonderful new uh, magazine signed. Come and meet Andrew Come and uh, ply him with Doctor Who questions, because I'm sure he'll love that. And that'll be on Saturday the 19th of January, uh, between 5 and 6pm. So please, pop down to the... We'd love to see you there. If you're a Doctor Who fan, currently running on the uh, podcast is our In the Orbit of 7th Doctor Doctor Who special, where we talk to Andrew Cartmel, we talk to um, Paul Cornell, we talk to Jessica Martin about their involvement in the 7th Doctor Who podcast. Volume 1 Trade, which was out recently. That trade is available in store. The podcast is available now. Go ahead, download it, give it a listen. It's a really good interview. We, we really enjoy talking to those guys. Let's move on, Scott. Okay, To our final thing of the evening. Vambi time. Vambi time. So, obviously, guys, if you want to write in and ask us any questions or just talk to us about what you think of the pod, good or bad, we're happy for criticism as well. I mean, uh, Scott takes it a bit personally, but, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not bothered. Um <laughs> Uh, constructive criticism is always welcome, but oh, mine, no, we uh, mine doesn't have to be constructive. You d- don't; they don't have to construct anything. They can just, <laughs> they can just they can be just, mean they to you. Just throw it at me. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> um, but no, like yeah, uh, as Paul said, like hit us with questions, all manner, like you know, whether it's on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, email, you name it. Like, ask us anything from the small to the yeah. to the big. You know, from the complex to the simple. We want to hear from you. Uh, I love answering questions. Um, so as does Paul. Not once yeah. from me. Because yours are so complex. Yeah, it's so true, heavy. Yeah. They're heavy, man. Um, yeah, so you can hit me up, paul at orbitalcomics.co.uk. I will endeavour to get back to you. If you mark the uh, email okay to read, we will read it out on 
the show. We will give you a shout out if you want to your Twitter handle or your Instagram. Just to let you know, we love you. Thank you very much for, for writing in. Uh, we'd love if more of you did it. Yeah, Please, totally. Come talk to us. Come talk to us. Let us know what you think of the show, good or bad. We're happy either way. So this is our regular um, listener and uh, regular correspondent. I don't know. It's like, How a, you like, a, like a pen pal. Like a like an email. He's pal. not a pay because he comes in the shop. Yeah, you, 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 sometimes you customer. see sometimes you see pen pals. This is our friend. Let's call him yeah. our friend. This friend our of friend. the show, Mark Vanby. Mark I like Vanby. that. That can be a title. Friend of the show, Mark. I, I think actually, yeah, yeah. yes, we have friends of the show. Well, I love Mark. I, I think he's a terrific guy. I, I, I love the fact Mark's that he great. writes in. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Mark's cool. So <laughs> this week, Mark Vanby. You may remember that uh, a few weeks back, I read a letter out from Mark Vanby, where um, talking about how he'd popped in to the shop and he'd picked up. Something that I would have liked to have gotten hold of, which was the Wolverine miniseries from Claremont and Frank Miller. Yeah. I oh would have God, loved yeah. to pick it up. I missed it. It was in the secondhand section and he got to it. So <laughs> he, he just dropped in to say, just so you know, I've read the uh, Wolverine and I loved it. It's sitting nicely on my bookshelf. <laughs> Tis the seasons and all that. So what would be your top recommendations for a Christmas present trade paperback? I'm talking perfect starting points, hidden gems, etc. Anything, really. Also, how good has The Defenders been? I'm loving it. Uh, as always, I love the pod, and I'll see you in the next few weeks or on next comic book day. Mark, thank you so much for, for writing in again. We always love hearing from you. To answer your question, perfect starting point, Christmas present trades. Well, like, in lieu of the fact that Christmas has now, like, passed. In the, yeah, yeah, it's passed. Sorry, let's we, say, Mark, let's we're, say we're coming to this Let's say it's like a birthday. Let's say it's like a birthday yes. at the beginning of the year. Same kind of dynamic. January, presents, January yeah. to February. I Not would Jesus' say, birthday, but someone else's close, birthday. Close, enough. Yeah. Um, I would say, given where we are right now, uh, give people either... Kelly Sudaconic Captain Marvel trades, Deadly Class trades. I'm I'm yes, I'm very class. I'm very about Upcoming like mixing TV media shows, and, and media complementing each other and I think Deadly Class is gonna hit big time. I think Captain Marvel will do incredibly well as uh, too. I think that for in terms of gift giving especially for people who don't read comics on a regular basis or people who dip in and out, it can be nice to not just, you're not just giving them the gift. You're giving them, say, say you give them the Captain Marvel Kelly Sue. You're giving them the Captain Marvel Kelly Sue to enjoy. That's one present. And then you give them the possibility of enjoying it more once they see the movie. Right. It will embody more. It will make more sense to them. They'll see, you know, pulls or they'll see how things have worked. That mm. kind of stuff I think is really nice. So I think, yeah, my I recommended Deadly Class uh, and Kelly Sue Deconic Captain Marvel to a lot of people in the building up to christmas and i would say if there's anyone who has a birthday in january uh, or february that is a great idea to go with too um I, I would go for the classic uh one of the recommendations i give most often is uh darwin cooks the new frontier oh yes because it's a perfect entree into the basics of the justice league and the the principal characters not just batman superman wonder woman but um it's actually a green lantern book if anything and uh, it also features the Flash, Martian, Martian Manhunter, Manhunter in a particularly wonderful storyline. Uh, it, it originally came out six forty-eight page issues, and then a Justice League special a bit later on. There has been a cartoon made of it, DC animated films. It's available now in a beautiful soft cover deluxe edition, reasonably priced for the amount of book you get, which is hundreds and hundreds of pages of some of the most brilliant comics ever written and drawn, and also. Then, like twenty pages of Batman, 
Yeah. Uh, oh, it's the, the, the collection the is gorgeous. It the, is the, stunning. The run was amazing. Uh, the animated film is also very, very good. But uh, this is very much like a real... People who love comics will love this undoubtedly. You yeah, know? And, um, and it's self-contained as yeah. well. So yeah. um, I really wish they'd done more in this universe. But obviously, sadly, with the passing of, of Darwin Cook, we might not see that. As for um, the uh, the second question about the Defenders, I'm assuming he means the the new Defenders comics yeah, the best that have come defense, out from Marvel. The, the, be- the best yeah. defense, yeah, exactly. Um, I was pleasantly surprised. I didn't... Um, I'm not really one for the grouping together of oldy, uh, old Marvel teams. Like, I really, I couldn't care less about the Invaders. And I don't care too much about the Defenders. I actually liked when they decided to make uh, the Defenders the the New York ground level team of, like, your Luke Cage, Daredevil, sure. that kind of thing. That said, I love the Silver Surfer. I've got a lot of time for, uh, what's Namor? Um, not a huge Hulk fan. Uh, not, a, not a Doctor Strange fan in the slightest. But... I liked uh, the story. I read all of it. I thought it was entertaining. Beautifully drawn, especially that Jason Latour Silver Surfer uh, issue. Really well done. Al Ewing is one of my favourite writers at Marvel. I, I eat up everything he does. Um, so I thought I was very pleasantly surprised. It was good stuff. Cool. I'm yet to read it. Uh, it it's in my pile to read. I'm, I've am i got to get there. I, I, I didn't do as much reading as I wanted over Christmas, but did do some as, as we talked about earlier. So that's all from us. If you want to follow the shop at all bottle comics uh, on Twitter, if you want to follow the shop on Instagram, it's also at all bottle comics. Uh, if you want to find us on Facebook, you can do that. If you want to, you can check out our stuff on YouTube. As we mentioned earlier, there's some great stuff on there, including uh, the Sean Murphy interview and many others. We do put our director's commentaries and slideshows on there do give those a look uh if you like interview podcasts you can go and check out in the orbit of uh which is all our creator interviews as i said we've recently done the doctor who day uh stuff that's online now you can subscribe via itunes uh, soundcloud soundcloud Podbean. or just Podbean, yeah or just find us on the website MP3 all the, all download on the website download, we're yeah. coming at you from every single angle possible apart from upside down that's that, yeah it's an yeah. interesting way to put it if you want to follow scott i am uh scott at scott hamza s-c-o-t-t-h-a-m-z-e-h on both instagram and twitter come at me more than happy to to talk to anyone about everything mm. if you want to follow me I am uh, at Manry Comic on Twitter and at Bullet for the Chief on Instagram. Although, if you want more comic stuff, that'll be your your Twitter, not so much the Instagram. The Instagram is just pictures of clouds and trees, things like that. Yeah, they are nice pictures of clouds and trees. But yeah. oh, thank you, yeah, thank welcome, you, I'm, welcome. I'm touched. I like a cloud in the tree sometimes. <laughs> cloud in the tree, cloud in the tree with some coffee. This has probably been a bit more of a. Uh, uh, an in-depth dip into our lives than you wanted this evening but hey yeah, we, we wanted who... to come out in the first part of the year strong so yeah, happy yeah. new year guys happy new year indeed um thanks for listening we'll see you all soon in the shop seven days a week eight great newport street wc2 we look forward to seeing you here in the store goodbye bye bye